This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Coach Jen from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Emily Wood from Wellington, Florida. And you're listening to a special jumping edition of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for May 1st, episode 1924, brought to you today by Essequestrian. Good morning, Horse World. Oh my God. It's Tuesday. Top class show jumping uh, at the very best. Every horse is different, and you've got to be able to understand and read each different horse. Remember, we're looking for those clears in this round to go forward to the jump off. You can't ask for anything more. It's just pure theatre. And welcome back, Emily. Nice to hear from you again. Yay, I know. It's like been so crazy through circuit. I think I had one that we we couldn't make. I think it was actually the Monday after the last um or Tuesday whatever after the last circuit. I was like I actually Dude. literally am fried. Yeah, there is no yeah. words that can come out of my mouth in any sequence <laughs> that makes sense. I really need to sleep. I, the, you know people post that stuff on Facebook. Yeah. I don't know if I need a week it's of real. sleep or five shots of vodka or whatever. I was like, yes. That we don't know what I need, but for sure it's not spilling this out of my mouth to many many people in a captive audience so is is wellington done now i mean the big weft show circuit is over it's uh you know the full 12 weeks and it's crazy time and but but uh, for the rest of us that are down here you know we run a business down here year-round and a lot of other people do and the horse show continues the madness continues so it's lighter for sure you know a lot of people are running you know they went to world cup finals you know they're going to Longines, New York, you know, people are, are, are bouncing around, but they're still showing and still business down here. So it's, you know, we're cruising, it's lighter, uh, you know, but right now this week as uh, the first week, they moved the show across the street over to the covered indoor, um, of global where the dressage is during circuit. So, you know, the heat, yeah, it gets hot, but we're cool in there, but it keeps going. It really keeps going. I mean, I had a four different horses in a trials, you know, on gosh, whatever it was, Saturday, Sunday like this, we're going, you know, it's nice and it's thinned out, but there's still plenty to do showing training. So it's nice. I'm, this is my third year staying down here for the summer and I'm glad I did it every year. It kind of gets a little better and more people, but there, mm-hmm. there's plenty to do and, and so, lots of development. So before we get too far into our chat about what's been going on in Emily's life, I want to give you a quick, what's coming up on today's show. Karen Lynn is going to stop by from Beamer Pro, also known as animalbeamteam.com here in the United States, about an interesting new way to help your horse feel better. And Mindy from horsesandheroes.com. It's a program that reaches out to at, at-risk young ladies here in Ocala and uses horses to help them bit, live better lives and create better futures. And then, of course, at the end of the show, we're going to do listener Q&A. We've got some really good ones. So stay tuned for the fray. And now, back to Wellington. So through the spring and summer and early fall months, um, there are still lots of horse shows. Is it a case of there are the horse shows are at lower levels? Are there fewer of them, a little of each? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a little of each that you get, depending on the week, you can get an A show, you can get a schooling show, you know, all over the map, the numbers go up and down, you can still get points, the jumpers do jump up, 140, yep, they've got equitation classes, Hunter, you can continue on with your hustle down here, you can get points, you can qualify for indoors, you can develop horses, you know, you can, there's a lot, yeah, and the horse show almost is every week, it doesn't go all week anymore, they start shortening it, so you have like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show, maybe schooling on Thursday, or schooling on Friday, and just a Saturday, Sunday schooling show, or something like this, so it's not as intense and crazy, and the days are way shorter, because there's less people in each class, and then, of course, fewer classes, and they only run two rings. There's a jumper ring and a hunter ring. Maybe two hunter rings, actually, on some weeks. Um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> actually, I shouldn't say that because I am. I did show a hunter. I got a second place out of a lot, a lot of people at Big Wef. Look at you. Um, the other week on a hunter. Uh, yes, I was a real embarrassment. I had orange sunglasses, which were confiscated. I was Mary's gonna say you're not allowed to wear those. Right no. no, I had a. My, I did not, com, uh, you know, communicate with my stylist before I showed up at the horse show, and so we did have to tighten things up. I got a hairnet, lost the shades, you know, all yeah. of it. Even if but you don't did. have any hair, Emily, you have to wear a hairnet. I, I did not know that, but that is true. Yes, <laughs> it's the hairnet is crucial. Uh, but but we did it. We did it, and it was fun. You know what? Because we got some good ribbons, and I was like, all right, you know. And I gallop. You know, like I don't, you know, go real slow in the ring, and you know, I've got to be careful to not start cruising at 100 miles an hour to the long approach, trying to make my time allowed. <laughs> yeah, the time allowed is all day. <laughs> I know it's a very hard concept to grasp, yes. but but we did it and it was fun and uh, and we actually have quite a few uh, baby young hunters in development at the farm right now. So I I retract my earlier statement. I will be showing hunters, so I will know if there's one or two rings there um, out now, there. Did you have to eat. change out your helmet because I know you have your exceedingly stylish, um, certified in 35 different countries helmet that has the wide brim on it that I see your picture I of. Know all the time. I did, know. You wear, did you I, wear your stylish helmet or did you have to get traded in? Man, I showed up with all my gear. Yeah. I, most of it was confiscated and changed before I got through the end gate, but I did. I tried. Good for you. I didn't want the sunburn. You know, you get fried. Yeah, exactly. I want that helmet, by the way, that you have. I think it's gorgeous. It really, really cuts out the shade. Like I, I wear it lunging and stuff and everything. I'm just like, I, it's such a game changer to not have just that. Well, what do you wear? Because you're doing a little bit of the endurance now. What do you I wear? I do the endurance things. I have a temporary helmet, which I've worn for okay. that brand so for years and years and years because they're super lightweight and they fit my head. But I got one of the, the brims that you attach to it that has the real wide and they come in cute little colors and stuff and it has sticky stuff on the inside. So you just put it on the outside of your helmet. Okay. So that's what I wear, and I, I love having that because it's sunny year-round here in Florida. But I would love to get the kind like you have where it's a proper show helmet, but the brim is just wide enough that you actually do get a little bit of shade. Uh, because yeah. when it's windy out, you, the brim that attaches to your helmet just turns into a sail. Yes, and if your helmet doesn't fit properly, I've been a victim of that, then yeah, um, bad. yes, the whole helmet flies back yeah, that's bad. off your head, and everybody can tell. Yeah. So you're not following so, so the safety I'm, precautions. I'm curious when you brought up hunters. Now, I know hunters are not your speciality. You're a jumper gal. Um, is the yeah. And you might not know the answer to this. <laughs> the understatement of the year, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you're still connected. You, you still bring no, up, yeah, you still, I mean, I, you you still know, bring up and produce day. hunters. Yeah. For a while there, the trend in show hunters was for the horse to go around a little bit like a snail. No, 
a lot like a snail. Is yeah. is the trend moving back towards a more forward moving round or is it still pretty much the putt putt? I got to tell you, because I have not shown hunters in so long and I've been, you know, you know me, I'm just like, ah, it's, you know, no, no athleticism, whatever. I mean, everyone's heard my rants. I just feel like, you know, it should be separation in the horse show community. They should like have other horse shows elsewhere for hunters. Um, but the, since I did it now, you know, and got in there and big classes, you know, big, lots of numbers and fancy horses and everything like this and actually was successful doing it properly with, with rhythm and power. Um, I got to say it really is changing because I went in there and I was just like, you know, what? like I'm going to do my best. Like, I mean, I don't even have the clothes. Like I'm, I'm just going to go in and just ride properly. Like good, good horse, horseback riding, you know, horse, nice horsemanship, balance, horsemanship, horse, sure. yeah. yeah, you know, hor- hor- yeah, exactly. Like balance and correct jump and all this, like that's universal. It, it transcends hunter jumper who cares. Um, and so I did go out there and hit a little bit of a lick and galloped around and I didn't expect anything. And, and I had, my horse was green. It was actually his hunter debut, um, in the U S he'd done very, some dressage and things like this, but he, this was, he was quite green and I just expected nothing. So we had a little bobble, you know, maybe a, a, a peak of by the in gate or something, you know, green horse stuff, but they kill you for that, you know, in the hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got top ribbons in like every class we would have been in even top, top ribbons had we not had a little bobble here right. and there, but he's green. And then as the week progressed, then we were really on top. Uh, but I was surprised because I think that's what the Derby is doing is that it's requiring a certain sort of aptitude and correct balance and flow out of the horses that you you can't have both. Right. You can't be lop-eared and dig in a trench, dragging your feet around the ring. Right. And go jump, you know, the 140 coop and right. the rollbacks and under the lights and all this. Like, they have to be sharp. It's a little bit more... Maybe you want to say jumper-esque or whatever. Well, but a little it, bit more athletic. More, yeah. Um, maybe reaching gently back towards its roots just a tiny bit because been, show yeah. hunters were originally rooted in actual fox hunting horses who their life was chasing foxhounds across country. And it doesn't get much and, wilder yeah. and crazier than that unless you're steeplechasing. So I'm... For me personally, and it's a personal opinion, I'm glad to see that the trend might be sort of moving back a little bit towards a more athletic and more balanced moving round because it, and it, all sports do that. They all swing back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And uh, I'm glad to see that. And you're right. I agree with you that the Hunter Derby might have spurred that a little bit. It's saved yeah. you know, the direction that we were going in. It definitely, I, I was, I was, it, it was interesting because there are quite a few top owners. You know, I heard the, as the ribbons were getting placed and, and our hack was huge. I mean, we had tons of horses in there. It was packed. Um, and everybody had a little sparkle, you know, everyone was a little light on their feet, you know, they're moving forward and you got to have a nice, you know, to get a proper jump, which we do with the jumpers. I always love to leave them fresh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not too fresh, of course, but I, I, kind of felt like that looking around. I was like, these are real horses, you know, they're, they're a bit expressive. People are really jumping up nice and high with the long approach or, you know, whatever it is. It was, uh, to me, it seemed different. Uh, and I have kind of like dipped out of the hunters for enough years now. Like, you know, since I was forced to do it as a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now that I've re- re-entered. You rebel a, you. <laughs> I know. I was just like, I just really can't participate. And I didn't realize how out in a limb I'd gotten until I showed up. And Mary's, uh, the um, the owner that I ride for, we've got quite a few hunter horses. She was like, you can't go in the ring with this attire and these glasses. And she's right. I mean, she's like won a ton and, you know, done everything in the hunters. And um, I didn't realize, you know, how far, how far the other way I'd gone. But then when I did get in there after 
all of my gear was confiscated, I realized, you know, things have changed a little bit. They really have. And you see different, um, even just the, the wardrobe on people, you know, mm-hmm. like they're getting away with a little shorter coat or whatever. It's, it's, it's merging. And I think that Hunter Derby is really responsible because you can't, you can't have a slug. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. You know it, and, and I, th- I think it would be interesting to chat with someone who was in on the ground floor of Hunter Derby and talk a yeah. little bit about its genesis and the good things it can be do it can be doing and seems to be doing for the hunter discipline. I think that would be an interesting conversation. That would be really interesting yeah. for sure. We'll, for we'll sure. write that down for a future episode. In the notes, we write that down. <laughs> we'll We're going to revisit that, that, we'll that down. for sure. Yeah. Well, seriously, because it was going in a bad way in a hurry. In well, my opinion, it, it just because it was getting to the point where the perception outside of the discipline was discouraging people from trying it, I think. And they needed to step it up a little bit. So it it was kind of like the whole, you know, dressage being perceived as watching paint dry. Yeah. Right. And they're doing what they can to help discourage that, that point of view, because yes, it's different and no, it's not an adrenaline rush, but it's not quite watching paint dry. So I think it's really kind of cool with that. So yeah, Nito Keen. So Speaking of people who are on the cutting edge of things and making things better, we've got some folks here that we're going to talk to from, is it Beamer Pro? Is that how you say it? Beamer Pro or, I mean, the Beamer Blanket, but yes, Beamer Pro is the is the human original uh, product and website. So yes, we'll just go with that. But we'll go Karen with that. Lynn well, why don't we... She'll uh, correct us when she gets on. Yeah, well, we'll, Lynn will correct us because we're going to talk with Karen Lynn. And she's going to talk to us about Beamer Pro or AnimalBeam.com, AnimalBeamTeam.com. So uh, we're going to have a little chat with that because they're changing things for horses. Oh, yeah. We have our first guest, Karen Lynn from AnimalBeamTeam.com, bringing us the lowdown on a hot new product that's out there in the jumper world, the Beamer Blanket. Welcome to the show, Karen Lynn. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad this worked out because we've been batting this around for I feel like it's always like this when we're we get I get like something really exciting and I want to share it with everybody and it just like takes time you know to put it all together so this is we've been you know discussing it and actually using the blanket uh quite a bit um for the last few months here but I'm so happy we finally got you on you can just clear up all all of the mystery around the beamer blanket because it's pretty hot right now I see them everywhere I go to the bar uh, to the different shows I'm like oh look they have a beamer blanket they have a beamer blanket um (laughs) But so fill us in. You're you're a representative of the company. Been been with them for a little bit now. Let tell it tell us a little background here about the the you've got the human uh, person, whatever you want to call it. I'm all about veterinarians and animals, but you've got the human line and uh, and now the Beamer vet. But fill us in. Give us a little background. All right. Well, real quickly, I got introduced to the Beamer um, product really because of the horse blanket. Um, a mutual friend um, was already a distributor for Beamer with the people line. It's called the Beamer Pro. And then they came out with the horse line called the Beamer Vet. And he knew nothing about horses. And a mutual friend says, well, wait a second. I know somebody knows something about horses. And um, I actually met him at a horse show. And at that time, I had been working for, um, like, I've been working a vendor booth for weeks going from horse show to horse show. And I was exhausted and, you know, stressed and just, you know, overly tired. So my neck and my shoulders were killing me at, at, to the point that I couldn't even move my neck. Like I was overcompensating mm. it to my whole body, you know? Um, 
And so he says, well, you know, I have a people blanket here. Do you want to try it? And I'm like, well, I guess, you know, it was during the Grand Prix. Things kind of slowed down while people go and, and watch the Grand Prix. I said, yeah, that, I'll, I'll try it. And so I laid down on it. Um, he literally carries the blanket in a backpack and a gravity chair. And we just go ahead and open up the gravity chair and put the blanket down. And I laid on it. And he's like, you know, I'm going to do like a multiple. I'll do a couple of sessions on your neck and shoulders. And I said, okay, we'll do that. So it was very relaxing because it was the first time I was off my feet all day and kind of quiet around there while everybody was watching the Grand Prix. And then when it was all done, he says, well, did you feel anything? I said, nope. Didn't feel a thing. And he goes, okay, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm like, okay. So didn't really have immediate results. You know, it was, it was nice to, you know, sit down and do nothing for a few minutes, but, but had no results. The next day I go ahead and I start to get ready for my day. And I realize, oh my gosh, I'm moving my neck. I mean, it was still a little bit stiff, but a huge improvement, probably a 50% improvement from the day before. And, um, and this was neck pain that I've had for, had for a couple of weeks already. So I was totally impressed. Um, so talked to him the next day and I said, I am impressed. I'm like, I need this. And so I actually borrowed it from him and I used the people blanket morning and night. Um, it's just a 15 minute session, uh, or I'm sorry, it's an eight minute session for people, um, used it morning and night and my neck and shoulders just got better and better every day. And consequently, um, that winter before, um, I had thrown my back, my lower back out a couple of times. And so I did have some lower back pain, but my neck hurt so badly that I just didn't even care about the back pain at that point. Um, but towards the end of the week with my neck getting better, all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, my lower back feels good too. You know, and I wasn't even concentrating on that. Um, so that was really my first experience with the Beamer. And then of course, being a horse person, I totally wanted to try it on the horses too. And so I had him come out and, um, and just show me, show me how to use it. And then I started using how, it. How does that work? Horses. Well, it's interesting. So this is how the horse blanket actually started. Um, the people blanket, it has a box that is the brains of, of the whole thing. And it has to plug into a wall. And then the blanket itself looks like a gray mat. Um, so it's about, you know, five and a half feet long and you can lay it down like on the floor or on a, on a comfy chair or on a bed, but it's multi-directional. So if somebody was wheelchair bound or bed bound, you can actually just put it on top of them as well. Oh, wow. Um, and so it works, it works a bunch of different ways, but, but the idea is that you get comfortable and you sit down and get off your feet for, for a few minutes. And just kind of let the Beamer um, signal actually work for, for you. Um, but what people were doing is they were taking that because it, the blanket itself actually plugs into the box. Um, they were actually taking it and they were throwing it over their horses. Well, horses move around a little bit and then it's just a magnetic plug. So, um, you know, it pops off and you have to stand there and hold it on them because it's not doesn't have straps right. um, like a horse blanket would. And so they discovered, you know, we really need to make a horse blanket because this is silly that people are doing this. And so the horse blanket has no cords. It's actually cordless. And the brains of it, the box, is actually integrated right on the blanket. And so um, it, it's because it's wireless, you literally just push one of three buttons and to get it started. And then you have just three different settings on it. So you have a low that goes for five minutes, a low medium. It goes for 10 minutes and a low medium high. It goes for 15 minutes. 
I saw um, at our, I've got a very big operation that I work and ride for. Um, <clears throat> and we have the Beamer blanket there. And yeah, I was, that would, that I, I was very curious about that because it's obviously very high tech and all kind of internal wiring, but not, but it was cordless, you know, and it seemed very light. Right. Um, which, yeah. you know, those big magnetic, the centurions and whatnot, like I'm not a big person. I'm small. I'm petite. Like yeah. I can, I actually like physically can't like put on a centurion blanket with like all the right. b- uh, batteries and everything. Like it's just like, well, sorry right. kids, no one's getting that uh, here anyway. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that, that, <laughs> okay. I, so yeah, I was, I was like, wow. Okay. So this recharges. And then what, so what actually is it doing? Of course it's the end game is we want to, promote circulation because that's health but how is it doing that is it magnets like what it what actually is it doing it's using the magnet wave um so a pulse electro electromagnetic frequency to bring the beamer signal into the body so for horses and people it's transmitting the signal the same way um but in horses it actually is affecting the parasympathetic system Um, which is the rest and recovery system. And ultimately, then that increases the circulation. And ultimately, all the systems are connected. So when you increase the blood circulation, then every other system after that is working better. So we're talking about the digestive system, the skeletal system, the muscular system, um, obviously the nervous system, because that's what it affects first. Um, So everything after that seems to work a little bit better. So if you have a, excuse me, you have a large barn, um, different level horses showing school horses, sales, whatever, who are you first kind of like, who is your most sort of desperate case to get the Beamer blanket on? What are you addressing right away in your? Um, Yeah, good question. Because, you know, for me, I want to make sure that people can actually see a result because I personally know that I, I see results on the young horses, and the older horses. Um, but I want the next person to see results. So I will ask them, I'm like, what, what's your dif- most difficult case? What, what is the horse you have the most concern about? And, um, and that's the one that I want you to try it on first. Um, so personally, I used it first on my horse that is severely navicular and both front feet and, and also um, one coffin joint. And, um, you know, at first, when we first saw the x-rays, I was pretty much told that my only option was going to be nerving, that it's so severe that he wasn't sure the, the medication was going to work at that point. And then talking to people that have been using the Beamer vet, they're like, no, 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 no. Start with the Beamer vet blanket first and let us know how, how he responds to that. And with the vet blanket, you also have what's called the vet cut. And it is a smaller piece, and it looks like um, it, it, it looks like a splint boot, like half of a splint boot with a um, wrap around it. And so I literally just wrap it around um, his cannon bones just above his fetlock. And because, again, that's also multidirectional, I don't have to put it on his feet, which would be kind of difficult um, to do. Um, and I just go ahead and just wrap one fetlock at a time, and I do the 15 minutes, and at first I was like, am I seeing things? Because he seems to walk out of his stall better. And um, the barn owner here works a full-time job um, during the week. And her husband, you know, maintains the barn during the week. And on the weekend, she went to go turn my horse out. And she says, you know, I watched him trot away. And I'd have no idea that he was not sound. Wow. And I was like, oh, so it wasn't just me, you know. Um so it made me very hopeful that now I can go ahead and try some medication first 
before I decide to, you know, do something like, like a nerving um, to make it right. more comfortable. And at least it's an injunctive therapy. So it's going to work with other therapies that I do. So I'm real hopeful about that. Um, the, the good thing is that it's a, um, it's a cumulative. So I don't have to use it every day. And the results um, stay pretty positive um, for a couple of days after using it. But after about two weeks, my horse is kind of back to the same thing again. So usually about two weeks, I'm like, hey, I need my beamer back. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can tell. Because once you um, engage the parasympathetic system, you are now increasing the circulation. Now the muscular um, system is working much better and you're pumping blood to those muscles. And you know, so everything else starts to change on the animal. And I'm like, like even on the body of the horse, like you were talking about the navicular and foot ailments, you know, yes. Okay. So you have the, um, attachment or whatever you're calling it that you can place in that area. But like, yeah, but like overall circulation, like most of the physical, the injuries, the recovery time, just ailments, just general, you know, old body soreness. Exactly. I mean, just watching swellings come down. We had a horse that, I mean, the boys love her and she hates everybody. And <laughs> she just got into a mood and she took down the hot wire fence. Typical well, mare. Did that, now she was, re- yeah, now she was really in big trouble. And um, she actually got kicked up over the fence and then got both legs straddled, both hind legs straddled over the top of the fence. Okay. And um, consequently, Bluntly, um, you know, end up with um, some some good cuts and bruises on her hind legs, and ended up with an edema that kind of started between um, her hind legs and then moved to her belly because that obviously has been the lowest, the next lowest part. And then her hind legs themselves were were pretty stacked up. And so I, I was here, and I have the beamer blanket, and I said, well, let's just put it on. Now I can't really wrap the belly. If you see the beamer blanket, it looks more like a quarter sheet. Because mm-hmm. it really just needs to kind of um, be close to the spine. Um, and so, but I did have the vet cough and I did wrap that around both, you know, hind legs one at a time. And, you know, I just turned it on to the highest setting. I said, at this point, what can we lose? You know, hopefully she'll, she'll recover from this and be sound. And, um, but if we can start pulling some of that swelling down and we can, you know, increase that healing. And I'm not kidding you. It really pulled the swelling down. Um, wow. It looked in about three days, it was about half the size um, of what it started. And her legs were like tree trunks. I mean, she's already a big, bulky mare. Um, and to see big legs like that were, was a bit scary. Yeah, um, I bet but it was. Yeah, and then much more comfortable. Yeah. Much more comfortable. She really had a hard time getting out of her stall. And we were putting her in the indoor so she can move around. And just very, very uncomfortable. And just in a couple of days to see her moving around so much better and so much more pleasant, um, even if she's unpleasant with other horses. Um, and, you know, that was um, beginning of this year, actually. Um, it was like January or February that happened. And they're going to a mini event in a couple of weeks. So she came back perfectly sound. Yeah. Um, tough horse. And so I, um, I can't. I have, I have an important but- question for you, Karen Lynn. Yeah. First of all, how long does one expect a blanket to last durability-wise? Is this something that, um, you know how it is with your cell phone, after about two years, the yeah. cell phone battery stops recharging and you have to get new cell phones? That's the right. first question. And the other half of the question is, what kind of an investment would somebody be making financially into a blanket? Is that something that uh, is is equal to or greater than a brand new horse trailer? What What are we looking at? Because yeah. I'm completely unfamiliar with the technology, but it sounds fascinating. 
Exactly. So, um, you know, the horse blankets are only about, the oldest ones are only about two years old. Um, and, and you can imagine the wear and tear that, that they receive. Um, so, so far, um, they've been holding up really well. I, I will admit that my biggest complaint is the Velcro on the vet cuff. Um, is, um, it gets um, kind of soft, so it doesn't stick as well. That, that would probably be my only complaint. And I've literally taken it and used just a polo wrap over the top of it if I'm wrapping legs. Um, and doing multiple sessions with that. Um, but the actual blanket itself, I mean, it's it's fallen on the ground. I've had horses accidentally standing on it. Um, I've had people that haven't paid attention to their horses and left them loose in their stall, and they're biting the front of the blanket where the control panel is. Um, and so it's really held up very well. Now, the people blanket has been around for 20 years, and it started in Europe. Um, and we're on the third generation of that. And somebody at my last training had the original one. It, they, they had it for about 17 years already, and it worked just fine after 17 years. Um, oh. So we're saying that it has a 10-year lifespan on it, but it's obvious that it has more. The one that we have is super, I mean, well, they're all obviously like the one that we have over at Mary's Barn, um, but it's really well made, good quality uh, materials. You can tell it's going to be durable, but you guys should definitely check it out. It's extremely effective. Um, we've used it uh, at our a couple different barns um, that I work at and ride at here in the last few months. I've been seeing them just take off over Wellington, but we had actually put together a little promo code for you all. So check it out. Um, Carolyn, tell them what, uh, what website, because I'm going to, I've got three different websites that I want to tell them, <laughs> tell them the right one for the exactly. promo code so they can exactly. get it, get the rebate so, and get one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And to go back to your earlier question as well, the actual price of the horse blanket is $49.95. So $5,000 for the actual price of the, the blanket. Um, and then the people blanket is $59.95. So 6,000 wow. for that one. So what's really great about it is that we're able to do um, a promo code so that you would actually get a rebate after your purchase. So there's a $200 rebate right now for the Beamer Vet and a $250 rebate on the Beamer Pro, which is the people version of that. And, you know, if you want to find out more information about it, you can go to my website. It's actually my first initial, which is C, and then my last name, Roberto, dot beamergroup.com. And this will be all on your guys' website, too, so you can get the correct spelling of that. Um, you'll be able to find out more information, and then you'll also be able to shop as well um, because you can buy the Beamer blanket, um, and it comes with the cuff, but you can also buy an extra cuff. So somebody like me that has a horse that has two front leg issues or two front feet issues, I can have a cuff on each, uh, each leg and not have to um, swap them out, which is really kind of nice. Um, and then there's also another really great um, website if you just want a little bit more information about how people are using it with their horses and with their other animals and what kind of results they're getting it. And that's called animalbeamteam.com. But, but yeah, you guys check it out. Get, take advantage of that rebate. That's for HRN only. And uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, after you've used it. I, I've seen great things. So well, thank you so much for calling in, Carolyn. We're going to stay on in touch you. with you and kind of see how the company grows. But it's exciting. I'm really, really excited to see how it, how it grows and, and really fixes these different horses. I'm watching it. I'm watching it happen. I'm like, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. 
Again, HRN is that code when you go into her website. We will also put that on our fa- on our show notes page. So let's take a quick break and have a little music. Uh, as usual, Templeton Thompson, because that's what I always do when I get to co-host the show. And then we will be back with our second guest. She talks about them, dreams about them, thinks about them all the time. She's got to have them, be lost without them. You can see it in her eyes. What is it? What is it with girls and horses? She says, now when I was a young girl, they were my whole world, they were my one safe place, now that I'm older, still lean on their shoulders, I still feel like that girl someday, what is it, what is it with girls? Our second guest is Mindy from HorsesAndHeroes.com, a amazing, fabulous program for horses and children alike. Check it out online. Welcome to the show, Mindy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we we're able to get you on. I was saying this with our last guest, too. I feel like I say it all the time, but it really, it's a long process. We don't just throw the guests on for my show anyways, you know, I get to know people and get to know kind of the company and all this. And, and you and I have our mutual connection through uh, Mary who I ride for. And so I've been aware of the program, but I didn't, 
until you really sit down and really dig into it. I mean, it's really incredible what you're doing. I want to tell you, I mean, I, I want to help any, any way that I can. Um, and you all need to check it out online and see the sources and heroes.com, watch the videos and see what Mindy's doing for these young girls and these horses. Um, but well, congratulations and, and kudos to you that you're doing it. Uh, in Eve, I know it's difficult when you have a nonprofit, it's a nonprofit. Uh, and it's been, how long have you been in operation for? Um, I started in Palm Beach in 94, and then it became an official 501c3 in 97. Okay. So you've been, yeah, it's it's been a little while, but it's it's, it's incredibly impressive. I think if we could just start um, kind of at the the beginning, you know, if you could just get us comfortable with the whole, the, the process of how you started this, what prompted you to start it, and just explain the program. I've seen, I watched the videos. I did cry a little bit. <laughs> I have to admit, I, I was like, oh my gosh, I knew it was great because I trust Mary 100%. She told me it was great. And I was like, okay, yeah, horses and heroes. And, but then when I really just took the time and sat down and looked at it, I mean, it is, it's really beautiful. But, but fill us in, give us a little bit the backstory here. Okay. So I basically grew up riding, doing the hunter jumpers, uh, came from a family that was able to give me pretty much everything private school, nice horses great trainers and didn't want to go to college. My dad forced me to go. So I majored in retail and kind of hated it and just decided one day to quit my job. I knew I wanted to do something with the horses and I wanted to do something where I was going to give back. My dad always instilled in my brother and I to always give back. And um, I basically quit my job on December 23rd, which is kind of a big no-no in retail and went to a friend of mine in South Florida, um, Alan Karakin, um, and asked, you know, who they knew in the area. And that was a small little barn looking for some help. And it was just a bunch of girls that really wanted to learn to ride, but kind of didn't have too much money. And that's how I kind of started. I had some lesson horses and I couldn't afford to pay people. So I kind of seeked out the kids in the area that couldn't afford to pay for riding lessons at all. And I bartered out with them and they worked around the farm and helped me with everything from stall cleaning and bathing and grooming and body clipping. And then a few years later, met a friend of mine who said, you know, you need to make this a charity where you can, you know, uh, apply for grants and seek funding. So that's kind of how it began. It wasn't something I really intended on doing. I wanted to work with kids that couldn't afford to ride, but I didn't realize it would end up becoming a, a charity. Oh, yeah. And it changed their lives. I mean, everyone knows that, you know, horses are therapeutic. And you, I think people don't, I mean, myself included, you don't really draw that connection when you think about show jumping horses, because you're like, well, you know, I mean, most of these kids are, are fairly well to do. They're supported, at least to some degree. They're out there showing competing and, and you think of a certain demographic. But when I watched your video, you all need to watch this video. Um, We'll post the link or uh, it's on it's on Mindy's Facebook page for horses and But these kids are, you know, they, they they don't have the means to ride. They don't they don't have the support, maybe even or the ability to even get a ride to the barn at certain days, uh, depending on what the parents financial situation is or time and all of this. And um, it's uh, really given a lot of life to these kids. I mean, and you've been doing it long enough. I'm sure there's many other I mean, tons of kids, you know, that have come through 
this program, but it's a really, really beautiful thing. You don't, I think our community doesn't really think a hundred percent on that level because it's a fairly well-to-do group, you know, as a whole, I guess, but it is real. Horses are therapeutic and it's a beautiful way to give back, not only just with the horses that have worked so hard by watching your uh, bio and everything, reading your bio and watching the videos, you know, you can see that a lot of these horses are ex show horses. You know, they, they, they paid their dues. They lived a full life out there. And now they're getting to continue on to be useful doing even, even if it's just groundwork, it sounds like you've got, you've got all the different angles covered and uh, it's, it's, it's humbling really. And it's really, I'm so glad that we were able to get you on and really bring some attention onto this. Well, I really appreciate it. One of the girls that I um, had in my program that when I first started, she came to me through her grandmother. She was only 12. Um, they couldn't afford for her to have horseback riding lessons. So, of course, she um, bartered out with me and worked in the farm. And then eventually um, her grandmother got ill and she came and lived with my husband and I. And so we kind of raised her. Um, she went off um, to college. She went to Virginia Intermont on a full scholarship and graduated early and then went into the Navy. And now she's been in the Navy. I think it's going to be about 12 years. Um, she's stationed right now in Hawaii with her husband. She has a three-year-old son now. She continues to ride, um, but I know the program saved her life. Her mom was a drug addict, and she never was raised with her mom, but her mom was a drug addict, never knew her dad, um, and the horses meant everything to her. And when we were based in Palm Beach County, um, Stadium Jumping sponsored her for several years to be able to show there. And she actually did quite well. Um, she rode a really fancy hunter that we got donated from uh, a lady in Wellington, Carol Cohen of Two Swans Farm. And she competed in the children's hunters and did well and got ribbons. And it was just really amazing um, that this kid that came from nothing and lived in a travel trailer and ended up going off to college. I mean, the horses really, really changed her life. So for, oh, yeah. for folks who might not be familiar with Horses and Heroes here in Ocala, how does your program work? Is it is it a camp schedule where kids sign up for X number of weeks? Do they sign up for um, group? Le- how does it how does that work? Someone listening right now says, "Oh, I know a kid that could really benefit from this type of program." How does that work, and and where do they start? Okay, so my program is a long term program. Um, I want the kids to come in, obviously, as early as possible and hopefully spend all their years here until they go off to college. Um, We really focus on mentoring and leadership. The girls in my program help the new girls that come in. Um, It's something that's really important for them to, you know, gain self-esteem and be able to teach another child. Um, but they're here long term and we run, you know, after school and then of course on the weekends and now summer is going to be beginning. So we run every day in the summertime, you know, all day, they come at like nine in the morning and they stay until about six o'clock in the evening. So your program really is very much all year round and it, it's very much mentoring because you're mentoring the ki- the kids but then as the kids progress and be, and mature and become confident, they in turn mentor the newer students. Absolutely. And the girls in my program who, when I really say they come from nothing, meaning, you know, they're, they live at the poverty level and below. A lot of the girls have lost a parent due to usually cancer. So they have a lot of struggles. 
and I try to really um, instill in them that education is really important. And my girls, in the last couple of years, I had one of my girls graduate from the local high school here, um, class president. A few years prior to that, one of the girls graduated class vice president. The girl that graduated class vice president is just getting ready to graduate from U.S. next month. Wow. Uh, yep. And my girl that graduated class president two years ago at North Marion High School did an accelerated program at Full Sail and is getting ready to graduate in a couple of weeks and has a job offer. Um, she majored in film and she is going out to California uh, to work as a production assistant to start her career. Dang, I just got goosebumps for her. That's, I know, that's so awesome. I mean, it literally is changing these girls' lives. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, that young lady, um, I mean, she lost her mom at a very young age at nine, and she came to me through hospice, and she actually rode, rides one of Mary's horses that Mary donated to my program. Oh, Oh, that's so special. I know. Excuse me, Mary talks about it all the time that she she has a horse there and it's helping these young ladies and you should see Mindy's turning their lives around, giving them a chance. And I'm like, okay, okay, you know, like we're it's 100 degrees out and we're in the middle of a horse trial. Like I'm trying to retain the information. I'm excited. I love I want to help her, too, you know, but I also need a drink of water. You know, like it's just it's hard to retain all the information. But really, when you really get into it and, and looking through it, it's, it's incredible. And literally you are changing these girls lives and, and that's, there needs to be more support, you know, like the program should be bigger. There should be like other programs, you know, affiliated with it in different areas. Um, but I, I'm sure no doubt being a nonprofit, you know, you need donations. It sounds like you have horses, uh, which is super, but there's more like you were talking about that you would like to have a little bunkhouse for the girls. So when they come, they're not all in your house. And like some of the parents don't have gas money to bring the kids to the farm all the time. So the kids can't get there and, you know, a shuttle service or something like this, just allowing it to develop into a larger scale. Exactly. I mean, monetary, monetary donations is our biggest need, but there's always in-kind donations that we need as well. And, do everything on the farm ourselves. So there's things we always need, like we're in desperate need of a zero-turn mower and a tractor, and we always need things like thing and removal, um, you know, fill Riding clothes too, probably. Yes, we always need that, and we always get some really incredible stuff donated. Um, Georgina Bloomberg has donated a lot of show clothes over the years to our program, so we've been really fortunate. Well, with I, the girls do look very sharp, I, I have think to we say. Need to, we need to point that out, especially for folks who go on and watch the wonderfully produced video that you guys have. And you see the gals in there, and they're all beautifully dressed they all have proper riding helmets on they all have riding breeches that fit but that's because very generous show riders and we've got lots and lots and lots of world-class show riders here in ocala either full-time or or in the winter time they very kindly donate a lot of their show wear to your program so that you can either give it directly to your um campers or or students or you can recoup that by selling it at one of the big local yard sales. So if someone wants to contact you to make a donation of some gently worn, high quality show wear, or wants to get a hold of you and get to be on your uh, sponsors page and your sponsors page is awesome. By the way, you have some really great sponsors on here. If they want to get on that sponsors page or somebody who just wants to give you, you know, a couple of hundred bucks for some round bales, what's Please the best way donate for them to do that? Everything. Yeah. What's the best way to do that? 
Um, well, they can donate through our Forces and Heroes Facebook page. We have a PayPal button set up. And then as well as at our horsesandheroes.com or horsesandheroes.org webpage. Oh, look, you have a donate button right there. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Easy, tech-friendly for those of us who are not. <laughs> for those of us who are not. <laughs> well, thank you very much. This has been fascinating to learn a little bit more about the Horses and Heroes program, which has been around since before it was before it was popular to do these totally. sort, sorts of programs. You've been around. And I would encourage everybody to check it out, horsesandheroes.com. That's horses, plural, the letter N, heroes, plural, dot com. And, um, ch- and if, if you're unable to help the program here in Marion County, Florida, maybe there's a program locally in your area that helps out um, at-risk youth and, helps hor- and lets horses help them do that. Check them out. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mindy. It's listener Q&A time. Okay, Yay. Emily, did we get good ones? We got good ones. And also, I think that we need um, theme music. We need, <laughs> now we're doing Q&A enough times. We should have a song, right? I think it we should. It should be, like, exciting. Okay. Because we're breaking from, you know, the crying uh, <laughs> video. I, I really was. I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I should have watched uh, Mindy's video earlier. I mean, it's just it's a special thing. But, it's yes, now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. I did get a warning. Mary gave me a warning. I was like, ah, how bad can it be? Oh, my God. I need to donate. I was so sad. But it was so inspiring. You know, all those people. It is, exactly. And it's not like something, you know, out in left field. Like, we know these girls all over the the country, the world, whatever. Like, you know, and and horses are therapeutic. No, it's it's a beautiful project. Very, very cool. Yep. But so we'll get our, our theme music for next episode. Something okay. funky, something exciting. Something funky. Q&A. Okay, we're, we're yeah. open to suggestions, auditors. <laughs> yes. Okay, please. Yeah. <laughs> Let's utilize <laughs> utilize our tools here. Yeah. We need suggestions. We want an orig- we want an original tune for uh listener Q and A. You know, yeah, there we go. We're up for it. Okay. Lively. Yeah. What's our first question, right. girl? We have well, we got quite a few here that are uh interesting, which I was excited about. Um so, okay, here's the first one from Desiree Johnson is, uh, what is the best recipe you have learned to get horses socialized to working in a ring with other horses, cantering and jumping? I know some answers, but this is my next level to get my young horse ready for, uh, so it'd be cool to hear your words of wisdom. Okay. Um, that it really depends on the horse, uh, and the age and how much they've done young horse you know, how young, you know, two, three, four, five, um, even walking them in hand before they're actually broke under tack, you can get them comfortable with the traffic and everything. Because the problem is, is that their only experience with traffic is in a herd. So they think it's like, you know, social hour. It's like wreck. It's like lunch. <laughs> And you're like, no, it's actually not like the, they're hilarious. I love baby horses. It's so funny. And you get very comfortable with your, you know, you, you, you can read them and you see what they're thinking and you're like, yeah, man, you're right. You did used to be in a herd, but like right now we don't care what the 13 year old children's hunter is doing with, you know, mm-hmm. the kid missing the lead change through the corner. Like that's really none of our business. Like we're talking about, let's go over here. So there really is a process and it is very funny. They're very, it, it takes them a minute. Um, if you have one that's a little bronchy or God forbid, you know, a little difficult with oncoming traffic, there's all kinds of things that you can do when they're ready to be broke, ridden, lunge, something like this. I would really encourage you to do a little bit of lunging in the ring 
while their source is going around in some sort of rig side reins, if they're old enough to go and say a Pessoa rig to where that they have to have their, their, their mind activated around the other horses to where they can't just be concerned about like this horse taking a walk break, you know, before it's next jump course, you know, like they, they do have to learn that stuff and there's varying levels of how, you know, quote unquote difficult your horse is. I mean, all the way up to and spin and won't go anywhere horses in the ring or doesn't want, you know, like, okay, it can get bad, but even just the really, really good ones, they're shocked. They're like, last time I was in a group, everyone was talking. We were like swapping stories, touching noses, kicking and stuff. And out here it's not acceptable. Um, so you just take your time and see, you know, your horse will tell you what horse they are, but it's just slow conditioning. But for sure I would start with the lunging, some sort of bidding rig, some sort of side reins, um, I think I think a lot of people underestimate the value of taking your horse to some social gathering, whether it's a schooling day, a horse show, um, a gathering of 50,000 other friends, whatever it is, and just take the horse there, just lead them around and let them just be there with you deciding where they're going to be. In other words, right. you're leading them you're around. You're the you event do, planner. Yeah, you, yeah you're, the, you're the planner. You decide the whether or not director. they get to stand in that spot or that spot over there, and they don't get to talk to everybody. And yeah. take that they baby step versus just yeah. take them there and get on their back. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, because it's like they really don't know. Like, imagine you're the baby horse. You're like, last time I was out here, I was like fighting with people. Everybody was in everybody's business. I was doing cannonballs on the front of the, you know, the back of my friend. I was kicking <laughs> the gate. I was knocking over the feed. Like there was all kind of other stuff going out in the herd, which is important, you know, for development of the horse yes. but to kind of like let them understand. We don't need to make eye contact with all the horses in the ring right now. Like we don't really care what they're doing. It's none of our business. That takes a little teaching yeah. and the, and they do get it, but you know, be, be thoughtful and be, and be sympathetic. I think during that phase, um, of letting them get used to it and, and know that they are going to be a little bit, whoa, okay, so we don't need to like just reach over and like bite this horse in the neck as we're trotting by. Like, right. no, man, like none of your business, mm-hmm. but it takes a minute and yeah. be, and be, be, be slow with them, I would yeah. say. And if, if they've never experienced being led in hand around an arena with horses going 15 different directions, um, being ridden post. under saddle with that <laughs> happening is, is a pretty big step mentally for them. So, you know, oh, maybe if you're going to a tiny little schooling show that's local or a small schooling day that's local, it's okay to go in the warm-up ring in hand. Do it early in the yeah. morning when there's only half a dozen horses in there and kind of plan ahead for that. I think those are, that's great advice. Yeah, and slow. The slower you can go with the little baby steps like that, give them a chance. And we all know the end game, but, like, you, everyone takes it for granted. They take everything for granted, even, like, being on the back of the horse and tightening your girth, like, or sh- change your stirrup length like duh easy thing not on a no. baby it's not easy thing <laughs> you got on with dressage length you're screwed you're riding in dressage length yep you know like over, unless you want to get off and you want to start the whole process again i'll be like reaching for my stirrups with my tippy toes you know sometimes and i'm like ah i gotta check those before i get on like we take these things for granted but the slower you go and the kinder you are in the very beginning i think the better foundation a better partner you have and like they're not they're not stressed and there'll be stress and difficulty later. That's fine. But these little steps in the beginning, yeah, just take your time and, and appreciate that they really don't know. There we go. One down. Check mark. Dun, dun, dun. What's Check. next? Next. Um, okay, this is Jamie's question. We'll do that one. All right. I'm, I'm, oh, there we go. 
what are some ways to encourage a horse to jump straight and not off to the left every <laughs> time? Oh, horses. They always want to keep it interesting. Help. Help. What do we do? This, uh, it depends again on the age of the horse. I think that, um, my feeling anyways, sort of my training program is I like to build obviously the strength and the straightness you have to. And some of it, the the horses are all one-sided. I've heard people say that it uh, goes back to them even being in the womb, the direction that they're curled up, that actually the muscles and everything on one side are in fact shorter. Um, so you, the horses are, they're left and right-handed. So if you have, if I have a horse, say it's, it's obviously not two or three because it's jumping. So it's a jumping age horse. We're working on straightness. So it's not a baby, baby horse. It's somebody that we're trying to actually get a little bit sharper and a little, you know, developmentally, uh, you know, moving along here. Um, one of my favorite exercises for this, which does not interfere with the jump, because that's what you kind of have to worry about that while you are correcting straightness, you don't want to manufacture so much the jump or get in the way or get in the mouth or all of this poles, of course, guide rails, um, I love trot jumps, um, even canter jumps. You can put a canter placing pole and then guide poles on either side of the jump, even laying on the rails, a little teeny tiny cross rail. You know, you can put guide poles on either side. Um, but let's say you have a horse, as Jamie says in caps, every time it's going left. I hear you, girl. I got a few too. It's no fun on the right hand bending line. But you really a great exercise to utilize is the jump uh, or even a trot in gymnastic. And then you can put a little cavaletti or a pole off to the right, like a bending line, essentially. So you're doing like maybe four strides or something like this, five strides, something, you know, like you're trotting in, you're jumping and they're seeking the pole. They're seeking and they're turning that direction. And pretty soon they do start to land and they do start to travel that way. And then they build up the muscle memory and the balance and all of that around it. But that's kind of my favorite. Like, I, you have to be firm with the training on the horses, but you also have to find a way to get your point across without, uh, like, mentally and emotionally badgering them. You know, yeah, like, he made. I think that's key. You know, yeah. Yeah. Because then you just, then, then you're ruining the relationship. Like, you're trying to have a nice time. Like, yes, we want to get better with everything. Also, like, we all like to ride horses. It's a beautiful thing. You know, like, let's enjoy ourselves. And them, too. You know, let's not torture them. Like, let's make it fun, uh, challenging, because they like a challenge. That's fine. But I love that trotting exercise with, like, a, a trot to maybe even a vertical. The oxer is a little bit hard because they overextend themselves and, and jump up. But, like, a, a trotting cross rail to a vertical. And then you can bend nicely to a pole to the right or a Cavaletti. And and if you're trying to work, um, we're just kind of bleeding into one of these other questions. Someone was asking about teaching the horse about landing on the correct lead after a fence, kind of same thing, but put a pole or Cavaletti on each side, uh, you know, so you can either bend right in five strides or left in five strides. Now explain the, um, the thought process between the distance between your vertical and your pole. You're saying five strides. Why would someone not want to have it shorter or longer? Why is that an ideal distance? Eh, you can do longer. I wouldn't do shorter only because it's not a true bending. I think if you've got maybe a three stride or even like a four is kind of pushing it, you know, you don't really have a, you have, you have to have your line has to have a hinge in it. Um, and so I think four is kind of really pushing it to actually okay. have a break in the line. If you went too straight and two to the right, 
mm-hmm. strides, strides rather. So I prefer the five. I think it's a little bit kinder because especially if the horse is green enough that we're even having this conversation, there's probably a recovery stride on the backside of the jump. Okay. You know, like so you it's, it's the mechanics of the horse needs to land and mentally yeah. and physically and flow. be prepared to do that next obstacle, even though it's a ground pole, um, comfortably and athletically versus, oh my God. Yeah, we don't okay. want to terrorize them. We, don't want, to terrorize we them. want it flowing. We yeah, you know, we want, you know, harmony here. So I think for me that's what I I think if it gets any shorter, it just it's very tight. Boom, boom, boom. The horses are keyed up and they're looking. It's just, you know, it's not really the conversation. We want them relaxed. We want them focusing on their balance. Give them a moment. And they're seeking the pole. So if you have a drift, obviously, yes, you can put up the guide rails and the, and the placing rails on the jump. But I love that pole on the backside to the one direction. And and then just leave that if you've got the left drift like that. Um, Perfect. Excuse me. But yeah, no, that's a good one. That's that's a good one. I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that one next. I, have a, I had to take all my jumps down because it was time to mow. So now it's time to put them all back up. I'm going to try this one. Oh, my God. Can't we teach Scooter to mow while Glenn's on layup? Oh, wouldn't that be? Yeah, he would be a good mower. Yeah, I'm, he would be glad be. to learn that. Ponies are good at that, I think. <laughs> but he's, you they? know something? He's, he's a like little, a goat. He's a good little jumper, too. Is he? Yeah, well, the last time he's I took him out and job. ponied him in the field where I had the car, the jumps put up, I thought, well, heck, why not? We're out there doing trot laps with, with Nigel. I'm ponying Scooter, riding Nigel. And uh, I thought, well, heck, let's not, why not just chop over some cross rails while we're at it? <laughs> That's hilarious. And totally Nigel trots over the cross rails, usually knocking them down in the process. <laughs> Scooter, he, he, he gets a beat on the cross rail and he kind of drags behind me and I'm feeding out the line like a, like a sail, like a fish on a line. Right. And then he leaps in the air about four feet over the little that tiny cross rail. That is hilarious. It he's built awesome. to jump. He's super cute. He's, yeah, he, he's a good little jumper. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe we need to be jumping him then. Yeah, we do. Well, Next time you come up, let's set that up. Okay. I know, really. <laughs> so Seriously. now we're, we're, we're solving problems for drifters. We're solving problems for landing on leads. Now, whenever you have a horse that is difficult on a given lead, this is this is a off-the-cuff question. Yeah. It's difficult off of a given lead. Does that usually translate to being difficult to get them to land on that lead, or does not always? Yeah, you know, generally it's a balance thing. It's coordination, strength, to be honest, sometimes soundness, you know, a weak stifle. You know, there's other things that you can address. But yeah, you know, but I, I rather than be confrontational about it, I think if you can do the easy, quiet approach, like with that last exercise where you're kind of guiding them in that direction, mm-hmm. you can kind of get to the bottom of that uh-huh. and see. You know, as long when you getting get them mentally keyed up and amped up, it's like harder to kind of like get the finer points. You know, they're just they're really they're really amped, um, moving their feet too fast, throwing thing you know shoulder this way and that. But if you can keep it like smooth and relaxed, and then you can get the muscle memory and the consistency and building the strength to land on that lead, I think then it will just come for you. Um, but yeah, no, for sure, it's if you're it, they're connected, all of it. Perfect. Baby horses are hilarious. I've been riding a bunch of three-year-olds uh, recently for a friend of mine. And uh, I was like laughing the other day. I'm like, okay, I ride up at Grand Prix level and like very like all the minutia and like thinking about all like everything and the left foot here and the right front here, you know, you've all this, you ride baby horses. And I was laughing. I'm like, I don't even know what diagonal I'm on. I don't even <laughs> know what lead I'm on. Do I care? Not really. You know, 
I just going over. Look at can't he cantered. We picked up the canter. I'm on the left lead. I'm tracking right. I'm doing a circle. Like you, just, it's so different. You know, you've got to keep the attitude. You got to keep the character and everything just settled. You can't you can't rough them up, um, or or it gets more difficult for you. But I I find that with those little guys, you know, if you have a uh, controlled exercise like that, you start getting the muscle memory and the conditioning. It just goes away. You know. Yeah. Cool. What's next? We have, all right, this is our last one. This is actually your question, Coach Jen. I had one, yeah. You had one. We're going to, we'll close with that one. This is a good one. Um, exercises for tight shoulders, the horse, not the human. Uh, such a hard one, though. Those tight shoulders, they, they, they change everything. The landing, the lead, the stride, uh, the jump technique, all of it. I have a couple, I mean, tight shoulders for jumpers. I mean, it happens. Well, you know yeah, I mean? if you're like a tight shoulder tight. jumper, you're not going to be, you're not going to be highly successful. <sighs> it's hard. Yeah. It's a hard one for sure. But you do, you have to do your homework. You got to get the stretching to be honest. Um, something like the Beamer blanket or a back on track blanket or something where you're actually increasing the circulation through the scapula and all the muscles, tendons Mm -hmm. and ligaments and all this under there. Yeah. Yeah, You know, like you want to address it that way for sure. Um, but then from there it's your good old fashioned stretches, you know, pulling the nose to the side, getting them to stretch out. You can pick up the, you know, the knee and the forearm and stretch out like you were pulling out a girth. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I think really also really important to do your warm up and your cool down is really important, kind of addressing your your workload um, in that way so that you are not ever working a horse that's not totally loosened up because that will make it worse. Yeah. Uh, obviously the liniments and all this, but you the the stretching, I think it's so old school and so effective. Like I had one horse that was at the clinic, um, unfortunately, uh, quite a few months ago, but it it had a little bit of a bout of laminitic, uh, sort of throwing some of these symptoms after colic surgery. It was terrible, but whatever they, they, we got into this big conversation, the, the vet and the surgeon and I about, you know, how you, how you treat the laminitis these days and everyone's, you know, getting all like sci-fi and all kind of medications and everything. They were like, honestly, it's so this way with a lot of different things, it, the old school way really is the most effective way. Just stand them in ice, you know, <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay, it's kind of that way though with this, it's like in the body, the stretching, the building, you know, all of the, the elasticity, you got to stretch them, you know, like, like how you, everybody knows, right. It was such a fad for a long time and it's kind of fallen away, but really pull the shoulder out, bend them, lateral stuff when you're riding is so yeah. important trot poles are really good um trot jumps where you put the pole maybe just stretch it just a touch longer so that they're reaching Mm -hmm. nicely you know just to one cross rail not like the whole grid or the pole the landing you don't want to fix the shoulder and fix the lead landing and all of it at once like one little thing like keep it smooth and placid but it's gonna that probably depending on where your horse is in development i would i would as riding exercises go to that the trot pole and the trot jump yeah. to really stretch out. And then it depends like what, how it's manifesting, like how tight, like, are they unable to pick up the right lead? Are they not, are they changing behind and not in front? You know, like it's mm-hmm. to varying degrees, but yeah. tight is tight. You know, you got to stretch, you got to get the circulation going. Yeah. You know, all, all of that it's management. So much yeah. of the riding and everything, it's very small. It's about management. You know, you got to take care of your horse like an athlete yeah. and take yeah. care of his mind too. Don't stress him. Don't stress him. Well, <laughs> you know, when I first got him, 
he had a really now just to pick his foot up and like stretch for the girth had a real i really had a really hard time getting his knee and his forearm horizontal really? i had to work really really yeah. hard just yeah. to get his forearm horizontal so we've made progress but it's one of those things that i've fixed some other things in order to get to it because if you can't stand on if you can't put your weight on your hind quarters you can't lift up your shoulders blah 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 blah, blah. right yeah um, yeah yeah. because it all it all works together right management. Yep, so total. we've gotten the hind quarters um a little more fit and a little stronger now so it's like okay now we need to loosen the shoulders up so they can get out of the way of the hind quarters that can push now uh, so that's interesting. Okay, that I, I feel good about that because I've been working a lot horse, on the stretches. He, but he's not a. Does he jump? Are you been doing a little jumping, or where are you with like your pole work and things like this? I know you've been doing the endurance, but we've gotten to the point now that we've got confidence over little cross rails. And remember, okay. we had to. You, you said step it back, give him an obstacle. Don't be putting the grids in front of right. him because then he gets all so out of match. Back. So we've much. gotten very confident at single fences. We've gotten confident at um, a course of single fences. I can do five or okay. six or seven in a row that I've okay. got a big old circle in between. And we've right. gotten confidence. And the other day, big progress. big progress. The other day, it was probably yeah. a month or two ago. Uh, took him out and hopped him over our cross rails and our little verticals. And it was it was such a light bulb moment for me, and it was very exciting because he he would land and canter, and it was the first time since I've gotten that horse that he actually cantered for real through uh-huh. his back, all balanced, and it was just like oh oh that's so great it though it was great and it yeah yeah and it just took repeating the exercise long enough that it was yeah. ho hum to him exactly a little bit muscle memory and. Yeah. Maybe also build it. Yeah, you kind of who knows, you know exactly what it is that, but but it works. It were, and he got so, confident but, that yeah, then breaking they get it down. To, I'm sorry, it's just one jump, honey. You'll be fine. Yeah, and yeah, repetition. He, yeah, and he landed in a heap, and he landed in a yeah. heap, and he landed in a heap <laughs> until he finally went. Oh, this is it's such so it's funny. such a not a big deal. He could land, and I could just click to him, and he went. Oh yeah, I can keep cantering. This is fine. I love riding these little baby horses. It's about this time of year every year that people call and they're like, oh, we got a couple three-year-olds. Can you get them going? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. I love the babies. They're hilarious to me. And uh, But you got to be kind with them too. They're not trying to have a fight, you know? No. They don't know what's going on. Just, they're trying yeah. to have social hour in the ring like we're yeah. talking about. They're just, they got this chestnut horse is galloping through the corner. What's he talking about? They want to gallop. I got some of my babies that will track down the horses in the ring. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I've lost my steering. But for some reason, I don't know, maybe his mother was chestnut, but we're coming in hot. (laughs) It's like, they don't know. Like, they didn't get the memo. Like, they're just trying to have a good time. Like, they're not trying to make problems. And you have to, you have to (laughs) ride that balance between, okay, keeping control without destroying that curiosity yeah, and the energy exactly. that they have. You don't want to destroy all that because that's what gives you a great performer in the end. That's where, that's the end game. Exactly. Yeah. And so you just got to, yeah. And the same thing, you know, like you, and then you run into little, you know, speed bumps or stumbling blo- blocks or whatever you want to call it. But you're like, okay, you know, my horse isn't landing right. I need to sharpen up this right thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, work through it and build uh, a nice, you know, exercise, but like, don't stress them, you know, like, let's not get emotional about it. Like, the, the balance is off. He's not landing right. He didn't get the memo. He doesn't even know about it. He's staring out into the ring, you know, uh, you know, out into the next ring, looking at someone else doing something like, you know, you just, you got to be tactful about how you do it. But, um, but if you're for Nigel, like if he's doing courses like this single jumps, that's awesome. Cause you've like definitely achieved that, you know, that because mm-hmm. he was nervous before, but I would kind of 
pull him off of that a little bit because that's not going to help your shoulder situation because you can't really control the takeoff and the stretching and all this. He needs mm-hmm. to get back into controlled stretch, controlled stretch. So move the back, jump. set set up yeah. some of our, our ground poles and if stretch them out by two inches at a time. Exactly like yeah, this, smarter, not stronger, yeah. not tougher, yeah. you know? Yeah, we we when we were working. We've been working a lot in the past few weeks on shortening and lengthening the trot. That's good. Getting getting much more through in his back, and now we're starting. We're we're able to really consistently get a really nice stretch to the ground at the trot. Oh, that's nice. So now I'm going to be able to go back because I haven't done trot ground pulls for a while. I'm going to set my ground pulls back to the distance yeah. that he's happy with. And, yep. and revisit Eat that, and then I'm going to roll them out one, yep. one, That's one how it is. little roll at With a time. With those training, you, you're like, oh, we're, we're moving forward, we're covering new ground, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, okay, now we're lost, and we've lost our technique, we need to back <laughs> it up. It's like how it is. You're like charging into new territory, and you're like, I need to go back to the basics. I need to get back in the Pessoa rig and do trot jumps. Yep, now like, we're but that's how it is, and it's up and down and up and down. And like, I think like to you know, kind of the ideology of not being just like an enforcer disciplinarian. You know, like you should feel that way. Like, if things are getting a little difficult, rather than beat the horse over the head with it, just be like, you know, what? I'm gonna regroup here. I'm gonna back up. Let me get back to some balanced stuff. It's about balance and and. Um, weight uh distribution essentially balance and then also uh you know your conversation with the animal you got to make sure that your aids are not confrontational so much that they're not even listening you know they're taking a uh, punishment you don't yeah, want you them don't to, want them defensive oh right? yeah 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 exactly defensive you want a conversation yeah. um but that's sort of like ah, okay drop it let's back up like that sort of way of going just a little with the flow you get to your destination you get to your end destination way faster because you lose the emotion out of it. But for your guy, yeah, totally. Like, back it on up. Trot poles. Eke it out. Let's stretch those knees, you know? And then, like, not even talk about courses, you know? Like, you did it. It was great. And then we started to see, like, where we couldn't really, like, move, improve on that while still doing courses. So back right. it up. So, yeah, well, and then when we go back to doing a course, it's going to be the point where we've gotten the shoulders better. We've got the hindquarters pushing. Exactly. We've got the shoulders loosened up so that when it becomes a two-foot vertical, that's not scary anymore because we can bend our knees. Right, exactly. It sounds so simple, but we all get ahead of ourselves and we're all like out there preparing yeah. for the if, Olympic, you know, well, selection you trials it, every day. If, if he can't bend his knees and get his knees up, of course it's scary to jump over to a foot fence. Exactly. Right? And I think if they don't know how to move their bodies and you can gently show them through the exercises, they do panic. Mm-hmm. Because they see and a care the the good ones almost do it more when they're younger because they're really they're careful. Mm-hmm. They um are brave so they're going to it and then they put themselves in a situation where their carefulness corrects them mm-hmm. and so it's like kind of interesting like the good i know i know i do a lot of like baby babies two and three year olds and i notice the ones that are a little bit funky in the beginning end up being almost like the better show horses and like better like you know qualities and character for the jumping but it like made them harder in the beginning because they like you, yeah, you know got to the pole the first time so many professionals say the same thing that the yeah the ones that are so hard to get started and seem like train wrecks yeah. So often, once the demolition you get through, derby. If, yeah. you can, if you can keep their brains from frying Being during that phase, like you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then they're a partner, and then you show them, but it's almost that anxiety of wanting to uh, to produce for you and to please that makes it more stressful for them. Mm-hmm. And so then they're the horses that are like, I'm not going to the pole. No, no way. I already tried and I hit it with every foot. I'm done as a jumper. I sell me as a carriage horse. I'm done. And you're like, <laughs> baby horse, you have the best pedigree in the country. You are going to be a jumper. 
You know, I just sometimes I'm like, is this horse even bred for jumping? Like, what is the problem? And you can't get frustrated. Okay. But it's almost because of that, you know, and then they go to the pole. Give that baby horse a crayon instead of a pencil. Think (laughs) outside the box, right? Just back it up. Just like lose the stress. Like just give them a little more time, make it simple. And uh, they do. I've got one little horse that was afraid to go over a pole. It wasn't not a little horse. It's freaking enormous. It's like 17 hands and three years old. And it's got these little chiclet teeth. It looks like a real horse. And then you pick up its lips and you're like, okay, lady. Can't even eat. You are possibly still looking for milk, huh? Oh, like, wow. are we going to get out here and work? But she was afraid to go over the pole because she couldn't figure it out. And she's very careful. And she would hit it with every foot. And she would like, it was like someone tied her shoelaces together when she would go over the Aww. pole. And I was like, oh, gosh, you know, and so we worked through it, whatever, just little by little. And now she's surpassed all her brothers and sisters right now. She'll, like, trot down and she, like, jumps over it and, like, no problem. But she had to learn and, she, like, with you know, not with pushing but with just time Mm -hmm. and then she's actually faster but it was her instincts that made her insecure because she wanted to do it it's very complicated all of it or maybe it's not just like stop the stress it's not complicated it's not (laughs) take it easy but well keep me posted on your horse i'd love to hear how he's going and i'm i want to i want to see the endurance ride the race i want to participate in one potentially on scooter there we go we need to do that yeah we get a sponsor go fund me go I'm riding Glenn's small pony through endurance. Why and not? he jumps. So like, how about a little hunter pace or something like this? Keep it spicy. There we go. He would totally do that. Are you kidding? That yeah, pony so loves cute. adventure. He just yeah, he loves does. It. He totally does. I like the little guy. I really do. I'm joking, but I'm kind of not. I would I would actually take him. <laughs> we we would not have thought that when we got him because this was the pony. If you had him out and you were driving him and your phone rang in your pocket, he would freak out. He would, he would, yeah. So he, he yeah, but he, now, he moves his ears kind of quick looking around and stuff. You can, he's noticing things. No, but now it. he's the, the more the merrier. He just wants to go out and check uh, out everything. He is so cute. Yeah. All right. Well, we need to make a date here. We, we need, need to, to get make a date. Okay. Yeah. We need to make a date. We're going to take, we're going to take Emily and Scooter out on their very, yes. their very first, uh, endurance race together. Yes. That's going to have to happen in the fall because endurance racing season is over here in Florida. So we'll, we'll plan for that for the fall. That's and in the endurance. meanwhile, we will wrap this up. We will look forward to more questions from listeners on the auditor's Facebook page. If you are not an auditor already, you need to become one so that you get you to, to do that. Open. You just go to horseradionetwork.com, look for the auditor's button and become an auditor. It can cost you as little as a buck a month. But if you see great value in the Horses in the Morning program, you can donate more through Patreon. That's your call. And in the meanwhile, we will see Emily Thompson from S Equestrian, by the way. Um, lots of shirts coming out of S Equestrian. Production's just going like oh, crazy. Oh, yeah. It's rolling. It's rolling. It's rolling. Check it out online. ECEEquestrianco.com. All kind of deals. Great custom jackets. Everything. Custom jackets. Machine washable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we're cruising. Check it out. Custom. All of it. Shirts. And you, can, you can still get team shirts if you have a, a oh, riding yeah. team, whether it be um, NCEA or otherwise. Yep. There we go. All on there. Check it out. All right. We'll see you next time. And we will be back again tomorrow with more horses in the morning. Back soon. Bye, guys.